Let us pray. Gracious God, still our minds, open our hearts, and awaken our spirits. Help us so to hear your holy word that we may truly understand, and that in understanding we may believe, and believing we may follow in faithfulness and wisdom with glad hearts. Amen. The first scripture reading is from the book of Exodus. First, Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your manservant or your maidservant or your cattle or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And from Exodus chapter 23, verses 10 and 11. For six years you shall sow your land and gather its yield, but the seventh year you shall let it rest and lie fallow, that the poor of your people may eat and what they leave the wild beasts may eat. You shall do likewise with your vineyard and with your olive orchard. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Alice. And now it's our opportunity to hear from the Reverend Greg Ellis of Cordata Presbyterian Church and the second piece of our series on rest, talking about sabbatical. Greg is a good friend, and I'm excited for him to get to be able to preach with us this morning. Um, and as the last couple of summers have gone, I haven't really had a chance to hear the other pastors preach, and so I'm grateful for this privilege myself to get to listen to a friend and colleague share with us from God's Word. Let's hear uh, our sermon this morning and our sermon readings. Good morning. As we continue our three-week series on Sabbath, sabbatical, and Jubilee, may the Lord be with you. Praise God that we, the people of St. James and First and Cordata Presbyterian Churches in Bellingham, Washington, are united in worship uh, this morning in this unique way of sharing a pulpit this summer. Uh, in this time of pandemic, it is a sign of God's grace, an answer a specific answer to Jesus' prayer for his followers' unity in John chapter 17. Uh, I wonder if you will join me in prayer as we begin with a modified version of Jesus' prayer. Let us pray. God of all creation, I ask today on behalf of all of us who are gathered to worship this morning and on behalf of those who will, will believe in Jesus through our words and deeds, that we may all be one as he and his heavenly father are, in, are, are one together, may we also be in them so that the world may believe that you have sent him. Again, may we become completely one so that the world may know that you sent Jesus and that have, you have loved us even as you have loved him. 
Amen. Hear the word of the Lord as we find it given to the people of God as they are preparing to enter the promised land. This is Leviticus chapter 25, beginning at verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you enter the land that I am giving you, the land shall observe a Sabbath for the Lord. Six years you shall sow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather in their yield. But in the seventh year, there shall be a Sabbath of complete rest for the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. You shall not sow your field or prune your vineyard. You shall not reap the aftergrowth of your harvest or gather the grapes of your unpruned vine. It shall be a year of complete rest for the land. You may eat what the land yields during its Sabbath, you, your male and female slaves, your hired and your bound laborers who live with you, for your livestock also, and for the wild animals in your land, all its yield shall be for food. This is the word of the Lord. And then, years later, the prophet Jeremiah, uh, basically saying, God really means it. And this is Jeremiah chapter 34, beginning at verse 12. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I myself made a covenant with your ancestors when I brought them out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, saying, every seventh year, each of you must set free any Hebrews who have been sold to you and have served you six years. You must set them free from your service. But your ancestors did not listen to me or incline their ears to me. You yourselves recently repented and did what was right in my sight by proclaiming liberty to one another. And you made a covenant before me in the, in the house that is called by my name. But then you turned around and profaned my name when each of you took back your male and female slaves whom you had set free according to their desire and you brought them again into subjection to be your slaves. Therefore, thus says, thus says the Lord, you have not obeyed me by granting a release to your neighbors and friends. I am going to grant a release to you, says the Lord, a release to the sword, to pestilence, and to famine. I will make you a horror to all the kingdoms of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Last Sunday, Pastor Seth told us the basic biblical rhythm of life, straight out of the Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. In other words, set aside the seventh day of each week to rest from our labors. Because because we trust in a God who provides, there is and always will be enough, enough to eat, enough to sustain us, enough to bring healing. And so we are commanded to arrange our lives in this six plus one rhythm. Every week, with God's help, six days of labor and one day of rest. Six days that look more or less the same as we go about the business of life, and one day that looks very different as we consciously get off the treadmill. And so it turns out 
that what's good for our days is also good for our years. During 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, God has Moses tell the people of Israel what things need to look like when they finally reach the promised land, how they're supposed to order their common life together. It goes like this. When you enter the land that I'm giving you, the land shall observe a Sabbath for the Lord. Six years you shall sow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather in their yield. But in the seventh year, there shall be a Sabbath of complete rest for the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. No sowing, no pruning, no reaping, no gathering, a year of complete rest for the land and for you. You and your dependents can eat what grows in your fields, but you, you must do a sabbatical every seventh year. Now, I got to stop and ask, does anyone actually do this sabbatical thing now? Six years of labor plus one year of rest? Maybe farmers still let a field lie fallow every so often, but what about people? What about the vast majority of us? I don't see farmers or other agricultural workers resting ever. And, and I hardly see anybody in the American landscape taking deliberate seasons of rest throughout life. This text asks us a hard question. Could we change our rhythm to do something healthier, uh, a lifestyle less busy and, and frenetic? Let's do some quick cultural math here. Many people, most people, would describe life as a kind of a rat race. They'd say, you know, I'm on a treadmill. It started when I was a young adult, and it's gone without stop my whole life. And it's basically been the same. Uh, a friend of mine recently told me about her conversation with her 18-year-old son who had just uh, uh, been hired for his first real job, his first full-time job. She asked him after his first day of work, she said, well, how was it? And he gave what we will recognize as an honest answer. He said, it was hard. I had to report to work at 9 a.m. And they wouldn't let me go home until 6 p.m. She said with a chuckle, welcome to the next 40 years of your life. Many of us wander in the, the wilderness of work, uh, unbroken work. 40 years or more of our life with little relief from the notion that if we were to stop, we would not be okay. We'd get behind. We would lose the game of life. That is uh, kind of the American way. It is a, a very workaholic kind of a culture that we live in. Um, you might say, oh, well, that's just work. Uh, we have other areas of life that, that uh, are rewarding to us. But, but what about that? What about family life? Uh, in marriage, at least, we've all heard about the seven-year itch. After six years of marriage, couples sometimes find themselves far enough past the glow of the honeymoon that they start to become uh, a little itchy, a little discontented with their spouse and their lot in life. Many, at this point, start to look towards the exit. Um, 
I looked up the average duration of a marriage in America on that uh, most accurate of sources, Google. I Googled how long does the average marriage in America last, and uh, Google did its number crunching and spit back 8.2 years. And I thought, yeah, six years of wedded bliss and a seventh year of discontent, the seven-year itch, and then a couple of months to finalize the divorce. Now, I'm not being callous about divorce um, or flippant about the importance of marriage. What I'm saying is that a week can start to unravel in about six days. And a life or an important relationship can start to unravel in about six years. We need a way to reset so we can go the distance. So that's why we're talking about Sabbath. And that's today why we're talking about sabbatical. My friend Doug loaned me this, uh, his, uh, his Sabbath candle. And in the Jewish tradition of Shabbat or Sabbath, uh, candles are lit to mark the beginning of the Sabbath day. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel writes about Sabbath and including Sabbath candles in his book on the subject. And if you look carefully at the design of this uh, candle, you see that it has uh, a kind of a, a woven aspect to it. Um, it captures the idea that the purpose of Sabbath is to weave us back together, of, of tightening up what has come unraveled over the previous six days or six years. Sabbath and sabbatical are intentional pauses to align with this six plus one rhythm of creation as God has made it. A sabbatical then can knit back together yourself, your vocation, your marriage or other key relationship, your health, your community. We need this reminder that we are God's creatures, part of God's created order. Uh, every day, the earth spins around. After six spins, we need that seventh spin. We need to take that seventh spin to remind ourselves. Every year, the earth circles around the sun. And after six times around the sun, we need that seventh journey around the sun to remind us that we don't make the world go around. The world doesn't revolve around us. It spins and, and circles and dances around our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. All this cultural math reminded me uh, of that Firestone tire commercial from way back in the 70s. I was, must have been really struck by this because I still remember it all those years later. Uh, maybe you'll remember it too when I start uh, telling you about the ad. Uh, Firestone discovered a new formula for their steel belted radial tires, the 721 configuration. And here's what the ad says in wonderful 1970s advertising language Where once we used five strands, we now use 10 strands of steel. Seven 
around two wrapped by one. A chord construction so important, Firestone named a tire for it. The new steel-belted radial 721. What led us to a chord so tough? We chose it only after day in, day out, 90 mile per hour speeds, after slamming a tire into turns and diving into water, after deliberate blowouts and long, agonizing hours of careful study of test after test. After all of this came the twist that gave our new tire its name. It makes you want to go out and buy a tire, doesn't it? Um, our word from the Lord today is not 721, but it is six and one. Six days of labor wrapped by one day of rest. Six years of labor wrapped by one year of rest. I want to uh, name a few of the takeaways from these texts that we have from Leviticus and Jeremiah. First of all, to get to this, it is hard work. It is hard work getting ready to take a significant break like this from our labors. So let's do a biblical thing. Let's work hard for six years, knowing from the beginning of that time that this seven-year cycle, that in that seventh year, uh, we're not going to break new ground or plant new seeds. We're, we're not going to continue in this just headlong rush of 40 years of go, 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 the American work life. In fact, we are going to, by God's grace, we are going to coast. A sabbatical is about resting into the good labor that has gone before. So getting ready for a Sabbath is hard work. That's number one. Number two, I want to talk about yield. Whatever you or I worked so hard for in those six years, um, we trust that it's going to continue to yield enough to support us during that seventh year stretch. Not only support you, but support your people. Not only support me, but support my people, the people who I depend on in my work and in my life. Rest for your land, your laborers, and your livestock. So in fact, we are to liberate not only ourselves from the drudgery of continuous work, we are to liberate those who helped us produce our work. The Lord says it this way in Jeremiah, I freed you from bondage in Egypt. You are commanded to do the same for anyone who is bound to you. How can we organize our procession of years, not just uh, in the American way of work like a dog for decades and then secure retirement rewards for ourselves, but instead, how can we do a more biblical and a more godly thing to create a mutually beneficial system while we are producing. And by the way, that while we are producing goes until our final breath. In some way, you are producing your whole life long. You're producing for the Lord. You're serving the Lord. The Bible doesn't have a concept of retirement. Um, so how can we create a system where we're producing 
and that the fruit of our labor, the yield of our investment is a blessing to all. Because that's the third point. Not only is it hard work to get ready for it, not only is the yield for more than just us, this is about community. Sabbatical is a community endeavor. You and I are never gonna be able to set aside any portion of our seventh year unless we rely heavily upon the community around us, um, our work community, our family community, and so on. I am so thankful to be personally part of a presbytery, pastor of a congregation who understand the importance of this Sabbath six plus one rhythm. We've been, in our congregation, we've been planning this since I arrived almost six years ago, that next year, at some point, I will step aside from my regular pastoral labors, and I will take some time for sabbatical that we hope and fully expect will bless not only me and my family, but the whole congregation as people explore their gifts and their leadership to step up during that time so that in another year, others will be able to rely on the rest of us so that they too, in turn, can step back from their labors. I wonder if you are aware that the sabbatical rhythm is built into the very fabric of the Presbyterian church. Elders and deacons are prohibited from serving more than six years in a row. When you get to year six, uh, you are booted off of session, or you are booted off of the board of deacons. We say go, go have a, a sabbatical rest year and come back next year refreshed and ready to serve. Uh, it is a huge blessing for the community of faith to release one another every seventh year for folks to stretch and regroup and be knit back together. There is, by the way, and I, I'm sure you heard it, there is another kind of release mentioned in Jeremiah. Uh, this weeping prophet spends a good bit of his life calling the people of God back to faithful covenant living with their God. And he says, he says it this way. This is really the stick. I've been talking more about the carrot of the benefit of a sabbatical. Here's the stick. Uh, since you have not released your neighbors and friends in the seventh year, uh, since you have not, the Lord says to his people, uh, done that seventh year stretch, um, to, for those who have helped you get where you are, then I will give you a release of a different kind, a release to the sword, pestilence, and famine. It's the trifecta of biblical curses. If we don't organize our lives to reset and release and enjoy the blessings of sabbatical years, then we risk the curses of failing to heed God's word. The six plus one sabbatical rhythm is intended as a blessing to all and a surefire cure for the workaholic. Our American culture, both outside and inside the church, badly needs to see this rhythm lived out in your life and in mine. So what about you and me? Are we convinced? to make this change? 
has the spirit of the living God who lives within us caused something in you today as you've heard these words? Have you heard a word of grace and a word of command around sabbatical? What would happen if we started this week talking sabbatical plans with our family, starting a sabbatical plan of some kind with your workmates in your particular setting, writing down the year in your journal or your long range calendar saying, that's when I'm going to do that thing that I heard about in the summer of 2020, uh, of 2020. Let's set up those rest stops on this journey of work busyness that we will otherwise be on unbroken for all of our lives. Whether you are retired from paid work, retired folks tell me that, that you all are working just as hard in retirement as you did beforehand. So whether you're retired or whether you're at the beginning or the middle or, the, or towards the end of your 40 plus year journey of vocational wilderness wandering, take time. Take time for that seventh year stretch. Allow yourself to be knit back together in these critical ways. It is God's gift to you and to me and to all those we are in community with. Let's pray. God of creation, you have set this six and one rhythm in the soil, in the very soil where we plant and receive our food. You've put it in the air that we breathe. Help us to hear and understand and be captured by this rhythm of Sabbath sabbatical work and rest, the six plus one that brings us into a deeper trust in you. But we ask all this in the name of Jesus, who was and is and always shall be Lord of the Sabbath and of the sabbatical. In his name we ask it. Amen.